Welcome to Cat Chat. Hey, everybody. We are ending the day. Podcast Road, the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, when we started this, the sun was out. Now the sun's going down, so it's got to be getting cold outside. Um, been here on Podcast Row, uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention. Uh, so we're joined by some some cool people. I, I introduced the less cool people first. Has joined us again. Um, Tyler Thompson is always the Catch That Live co-host, the, the legend himself. Um, the, the, the lightning bug catcher record holder in Canton, Missouri. And, uh, so Tyler's joining us. And then the legend, uh, Jermaine Jones, uh, U.S. national, uh, men's team, uh, former player, 16 year pro, uh, in MLS. I think it was 16 years if I did my math correctly. 18? 18. Woo, 18 year pro. My goodness. Uh, a legend in himself. He may remember the big goal he scored, uh, the World Cup today. You're listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is Cap Chat. All right, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you so much. Sorry, 18-year pro, and and uh, that's an incredible, incredible longevity of a career. That's like the, that's Peyton Manning type stuff. First of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah trust me, I, I feel the 18 years. What hurt? What hurts the most? Uh, I would say uh, my double hernia injury and after the World Cup. That's the the one I still feel. The double hernia. What what cause? What causes a a double hernia. Um, they say back in the time they told me that um, it was just a overuse from the long time of playing, and then um, I went to the World Cup, and before the World Cup it started breaking out, but um, I was able to go to the World Cup, and then after the World Cup it completely broke out. Did the surgery, and then released uh, two of my hands from the bone, started getting a little bit released, and that had to go when you say completely popped, like were you just doing something normal and it just like you bent down and tie your shoe and it just popped? So what they say is like oh. if you have a hernia that you just have pain the whole time, but you can go through the pain. But then they tell you that there's an that can happen that it pops and it, that means it looks like a ball comes out. Oh. And um so, mm. We're all... so I played through the World Cup with pain the whole time and then I knew that like, every day it can pop with a play. And then yeah. I went after the season I went to New England. And um, then play the season, and then after the season, I started getting more pain, but then I still kept playing. Then I remember playing Galaxy in one of the team. The, the ball comes over me, and I put my body between. And um, and then in that moment when I just tried to hold him off, I felt like, so you know when you take a rubber band and snap it? Uh. That's how I felt. Like, huh. I was like, oh, God. Then I opened the pants to look what happened, and I looked, and then I was like, like a ball, and then I pushed it back, so that's not. Oh, like it. Ouch. <laughs> and that, that's it. And then I went to the hospital straight after the game. And, and you finished the game. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, <laughs> but I think that's the thing. There's a lot of things I think are separate, but that's the biggest thing. I hurt my ankle two weeks ago playing in a men's league. I'm still complaining about it, and that's an, an old man league. And it like I don't want to ever play again. The thought of having derma hernia, and you're just like, yeah, I'll just put it back in. I'll go. I'm okay. I'll go after the game. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Man, that's that's incredible. That's when that's the um, wow. Okay, well, so let's. So you grew up in. I think you have a fascinating story. Obviously, probably a different story to to the pathway to the U.S. men's national team. Obviously, so you grew up in in, in Germany for 21 years um, and were part of the U21 German national team, right? And so let's talk about youth games. So, what's the big difference between so growing up in Germany uh, between the youth game in Germany and then the youth game in the United States? Uh, um, you know, I, I can maybe talk more about the German youth team because yeah. I've never really been to the American youth team. Um, it was, for me, it was just pretty simple. It was just one path I had to go. Right? And I started with the youth team in, in Eintracht Frankfurt. And, um, and then from Eintracht Frankfurt, I went straight into go in, um, so I bounced around the different youth teams. I had first played a club level. And then after club playing there for a couple of years, then um, my neighborhood club, like almost 30 minutes away, they came up and said, oh, we want you to play for us. But my background was I grew up without a dad, so I was just with my mom. So she's like, I'm not driving you over there. Like, you stay <laughs> yeah. here like, where you can walk to train. But then the other club, they wanted me to play for them so bad, so they pushed me and told my mom, hey, look, we pick him up and we pay for him all his soccer equipment. My mom's like, okay, he's on the way. He's going over. You, know, he's, you guys have him. Now, what age were you at that point when they say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for your equipment, I'm going to come pick you up? How old are you at that point? Say 11. Wow. Now, is that, I mean, obviously you're, you're at high level. Is that a normal thing in Germany to say, like, you're that good, they're going to pick you up? Or it's like, were you that special of a player? That's okay if you were. I mean. Yeah, I think it's like uh, there's teams and clubs, like, of course, if they're, if they're like you, they have the, the possibility, then they will say, like, oh, I'll pick you up. And, you know, but, and it was good for, to be honest, with my mom's side because. I was the oldest of five siblings. Mm-hmm. We're in the time three siblings, but she was able not really to bring me to sessions and everything. So I was doing most of the time everything on my own anyways. So, and then now she had somebody who promised her to pick me up and take care of my soccer clothes. So then I went there, played there for like a year and a one and a half. And at the same time, we played against Frank, Eintracht Frankfurt. And then Eintracht Frankfurt came after that one and a half years, came to that club and said, who's their kid? I want this kid coming to play for Frankfurt. And so they said, we're not, we have, we're not allowed to pay money and all that stuff, but we will give you guys soccer balls and soccer equipment. Yeah. But then he has to come over to us. So I was like, on the next move. <laughs> so I came and ended up at Frankfurt. And this is how I started then playing to all the Frankfurt rankings and became then U18 national team player and played for U18 Frankfurt. And then, two, and then I rank U20 I played, but U21. No, U20, I went to the World Cup then for Germany in Argentina. Oh, nice. And so so, so that was the pathway. What, what point were you identified, I guess, in Germany? Because, you know, what, what point were you identified as a national team prospect? Um, you know, okay, like at what point did you say, okay, yeah, this is the path I'm going on, you know? You know, like, I think, like, youth soccer is, like, it's, it's different because you still, like, I think in, in a country like Germany where soccer is, like, number one. Yeah. You can play for the national team youth and they still don't see you, oh, he can be, like, a top player for one of the first teams. Really? No. Especially in the U20, there's, like, still, we played at the time, I played against uh, Salvi, Salviola in Cisse, Jibur Cisse, and, like, all the guys who really got far in their career. Right. But at that time, we were just kids. To be honest, like most of the guys, if you look back now, there maybe were like two or three players of that roster who made it actually professional. Really? And and I think for here, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I think for here, I mean, if you're on the U20 national team, you're probably playing pro. You're going to be playing in the MLS. It's probably a safe bet. 
And over there, you got players on the 21 team, only three. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, so we had, like what I said, three guys maybe made it out. And um, and then I was not really a starter at the U20. And then I had to go fight again for the U21. And, and I was not a starter again. And that was like, but then this is like where you see like clubs starting, like the scouts are being around more from the first team. Yeah. And, and, and then I started playing in my, in, in Frankfurt. So I started like really starting and like not sitting on the bench or not only training. So I started, and this is where you then feel like, okay, now, but I, I would say the first time I really was thinking like, wow, was when, when my agent came down and I was maybe 20, this was the time when Donovan was in, in Liverpool too. Yeah. Then, um, when they offered me like a, a real contract, that was the first time when, where I went home and said to my mom, um, I have this chance to go there. And she's like, um, what is the deal? What is happening? And I'm like, this is what they're paying. And she's like, you kidding? I'm like, yeah. That's nice. That's like where you really like realize like, okay, now it's like, it's not kids soccer anymore. It's really yeah. getting too professional. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's that's interesting in the way that hits and so up until that point what did you think you were you just were you just kind of a kid playing the game and wherever just whatever happens after i get done playing were you just like after I, i'm going to play i still have to go to university or yeah like um, where, where did things start to become like what were your goals and, and yeah objectives like okay maybe i should think yeah. about this so when i was when i turned 18 and the the first team coach came and said i have to train and train with the team and back in the days, there was not really like an option. All you do is school or you play soccer. That's just, you have the option. What do you take it? So I, I choose to start soccer. So I dropped out of school straight away and focused completely just on soccer the whole time. And was there some path where maybe it can go wrong? 100%. I was lucky, you know. But but I choose in that moment where I had the chance to go, you know, train with them. But there was not a, I'm not playing at the time. I just trained. In, but I still said like, oh, I'm I'm taking the shot, the shot in, in in stopping school. So you you were getting paid a, a, a good amount, and you're just still training. So they're they're signing you to a pretty good sized contract, and not even a starter. Yeah. So so what happened in that time? So when I was 18, I started training with the team, right? In um in then oh like 17, I trained with the team. At 18, I dropped out of school. Then I was like on the bench sometimes with the professional team, but I was still under an amateur contract. So I had no profession, so I was an amateur still. And then we had this the problem that the first team was regulated, get, getting down in the second division. So we had not the money for the for the for older players in the, the so he had they had to invest in the young players. So then I was one of the young players, and I got the shot the shot that I was able to play for like two years, but I still was not on like a big contract. So I was still okay. always on the amateur contract, and then. When the first time by a Leverkusen, the other team who played Champions League in the time and everything, yeah, showed interest and said like, "Oh look, we like him. He's good. We would like to give him a four years contract." Wow. And that was like where I'm like, okay, now I have my first professional. I'm really professional. I'm in there. Yeah. So, what changed at that point? Because now before you like you said you're an amateur. Not that, it did, but you know you could. But now, now you're getting paid. You got a four year contract what was the emotional change there at that point that said, okay, like, cause I mean, what changed at that point now? You know, for me, what it was like, what always, you know, a lot of people who know me like close to me, mm -hmm. they know I was growing up without a dad. So I always had like already in my head, I'm the oldest. I want to you know, help my mom. I want to you know, be there for my siblings. And so 
when I get this contract, I was looking at this and I was like, now I can support my mom, I can help and yeah. all that stuff, you know. So that was a big relief myself because I had this pressure the whole time. And so now somebody gives you a key to like, to, to really help your family, you know. So that was that contract where I looked at it and I'm like, okay, for the next four years, I'm actually good and my family will be good, you know. And now it's like, I can go and stay and enjoy it, you know. Before yeah. you have that pressure, you have to do it. You have to be. You have to come professional. Now you have it, and you go like, for the next four years, I can really enjoy it. Just you know, be still a kid. That's what I'm saying. Like we will come later to like making mistakes and everything, but you have your contract, and that's guaranteed money. What, what was the first thing you got your mom? Do you remember? I don't remember. To be honest, like she always like, she 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 was always open to. We had like she had a uh, a card too, so she was able to use yeah. the, the same. Like most of the time, to be honest, like I would never really touch money for my what I made. Yeah, I give half of it always was going away. You know? Yeah, huh? That's neat though. That's neat. So what was so there's so then you come over to the United States and you have the opportunity because because I think your, your dad was in the armed forces, so you had dual yeah. citizenship. No. So, so well, yeah. So what happened to come to the United States? The the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with that is. Because of my, my parents, so I was born in, 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 in Germany, but then we, we moved back to Mississippi, Greenwood. We lived for seven years in Mississippi. And then we got back, because of my dad was in the military, we went back to Germany, but then my mom and dad split up. So he left Germany and I stayed with my mom the whole time. So, okay. But I had no double citizen or nothing. It was German. And I completely don't speak English, nothing. So when we got back, I started just speaking German. So when I got older, I looked in... And of course, I knew because in Germany, I was not the German, you know, and I was always, okay, I wanted to know more about America and I was like an American fan. So I was always like, you know what, if I play for America, then my dad maybe will see me because I was not in touch with my dad for like over 20 years. So I was like, maybe if he sees me playing, then I get back in touch with my dad. So I wanted hmm. to play for America. So then I reached out in the first thing when I was 18, 19, no, yeah, after the U20 World Cup, I reached out and said to my agent, can you check if we can maybe switch, you know, and I want to, I want to get a chance for America. Mm -hmm. So we asked and they denied it. They said it's not possible because he played a qualification tournament. So mm -hmm. it's, the rule is it's, it's not possible. So I was like, okay. So I focused the whole time playing on Germany and made it then played for the German friendlies and everything to the first team. But then they changed in 2010, they changed the rule. Mm -hmm. And Bob Bradley reached out to me and said to me, like, because he was seeing Michael Bradley, who was playing in Gladbach, and I was playing in like, 30 minutes away from where I played. Oh, nice. And he's like, can we have a talk? And I would like to see if there's something possible. So he, we went out for dinner, and he's like, you have American citizen, right? And I was like, no. And I'm not really speaking English. Yeah. He's like, okay, will you be open if we help you to get it to play for the United States? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and that's how it started. And then he helped me. Federation everything helped me to get my citizen. And then I was the first worldwide player who switched countries to go play for the United States. And so at the time you see, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's super common now. So at the time, was I mean, did you get a lot of kickback from that? Was there a lot of, uh, or, or do you think were most people supportive of it? Or like did Germany kick back? Or I mean... There were some, there were some people, of course, they were like, there's always that people, right? They come in and say like, oh yeah, because you don't make it, now you're going to America. Right. They're not really in America. Soccer country, like, you know, but I, I really don't care about it because nobody knew really why I did it. You know? Yeah. And, um, so, and I was really, at the end, I was really thankful that they gave me the opportunity to play for this country, you know, yeah. because 
if you ask like, the Durandalos and the Boca Negras and Timmy, and all, when I came in the beginning, everything you hear now is English I learned from playing soccer on the field. I was sitting in the first games, I was just sitting there and like never talking because I changed words and it was like weird. You know, if you yeah. see interviews, I laugh still over it. You know? yeah. <laughs> because everybody was just making jokes about me. <laughs> Then, you thought you're making friends, but they're making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, like I think it was Demarcus Beasley one time. He said, "You know, just go out and, and say whatever you want to say, because if the people is not correcting you and start laughing about you, it's on him. You know, then you know about him." You know? So, yeah. And then I, I was. That's what I did. Then I went out and just similar like Danny Williams, just go and say whatever you want to say. You know, if it's right, it's right. If it's not, but most of the time they get it. That what yeah. you want to say. Well, it shows you too how universal. I, I spent a week in Honduras working with kids. And I don't speak a lick of Spanish, and and I ran a train session. But it, it really is, I think, the, the universal game of even though you can't understand quite everything, like you can still get the concepts. And you may not be having conversations, but it's such a universal. Oh yeah, uh, it's easy. Like for me too, that I came at a time and I played for for when I make the switch. Sorry, I played Champions League. I was like. Yeah, a top player and everything. So I come on the field. The moment they're yeah, outside, you maybe laugh about my language, but then on the field, I yeah. twist your legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> and, and people real quick understand like, okay, yeah. wait, he's a good player. You yeah, know? yeah. No, absolutely. Now, if you don't mind me asking, so you came over here to get friends. Did you and your dad reconnect because of that, though? No, we not re reconnect about that because of that. We reconnect because um, I burst it in, and my ex-wife in the time that she. She gave me as a present. He, she was able to find him. Oh. And after 24 years, we got in touch. That's fantastic. Yeah. And he, the first time he said he had no idea about soccer, he does took up, you know, Mississippi yeah. guy, really no idea, and it's just football. And, and then when I told him, like, look, I, we play in the game, in, in, you know, I met him in, in Miami the first time then, where we had to sit down and talk. But then I told him, hey, we play in a Rose Bowl game against Mexico. If you want to come, I invite you. My kids will be there and everything. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. And then he's like asking my ex-wife, like, is JJ not coming? You know? You don't, you don't really oh, you thought you are riding together. Yeah, he was like thinking like I'm looking at him again. <laughs> and then he's like looking. He's like, oh, my God. First time your dad saw you play was at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, 110,000 people. Holy crap. Against Mexico. Against Mexico. Yeah, right. Wow. So and then he fell in love. He's just yeah. like, and now he's like, he calls me here. Sometimes he, he acts like he's like really a specialist in soccer. But <laughs> no. no. Wow, that's that's neat, and it has to make you feel. Because I, I mean, I think when when you're making the, the the switch, you know, you're playing the Bundesliga, you're playing the Champions League, and you say, okay, I got to make the switch to America. I have to. There had to be a lot of doubt happening. Like, am I making the right move? Am I doing the right thing? I would imagine. And then it, and then I think when all that happens, your dad sees you play the roles, but like, I don't, I don't know, but it's like. It, it all was like, okay, everything was worth it. All this all this headache of all these teammates laughing at me. I bet that is, I mean, I don't know. It gives, gives me goosebumps. It seems like a cool moment. I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, you know, there's so much moments. Like, when I realized, like, in 2010, the, the, the part was crazy, too. When Bob Bradley came over to me and told me that I had no citizenship, right? In 2010, with the South African workout. <laughs> and he told me, if you'll be ready, I will take you to that workout. So, so we had to wait for the passport. So I waited, and then like four months before that, I get a hairline crack in my shin, where my shin breaks, just out of like overdue, you know. And I was like, and I was like, that's not possible, you know. And I was like, that is ridiculous. And then I was like, down again. I was like, this was my second time that I had my shin broken. In in in. But then like then it came the the Cup, you know. We played that, lose it against Mexico in the final and everything. But it was just. 
I I'm looking back now and I'm just so thankful that I had the opportunity to play for this country. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's neat. And so what was, um, how does the, the, so you play in the Bundesliga, you play in the EPL and you played MLS. Um, in, in Turkey. And okay. So how do those leagues, I guess, compare, um, you know, what was the different, I mean, I think there's obviously different styles of play, but what was kind of the, the things that stick out the most of those different leagues? Um, you know, all the leagues are different and I always, um, when I look back now, I would say like Germany is a really technical league. Okay. Then England is a real physical league. In Turkey, it's kind of a mix. You have a lot of talent, like, but it's a lot of Turkish players and stuff. It's it's a lot of technique. And um, and then with MLS, it's like always I said, like I think it's MLS is a growing league. It's mm-hmm. still building, you know. And I don't want to compare MLS to these leagues who've been there for so long. You know, it would not be fair. So what I see it since I came back. You know, in um, in 2014, I can see already the change in what is like happening yeah. here. Not only with the, the the first teams, with the academies and everything. Is there a chance to be maybe one day the best country in soccer? I believe it. Yeah, because you have the research, you have the talent, you have people with money. So you have you have amazing cities. You know, the country mm-hmm. is amazing. So, in don't don't get it twisted because if you look at it, we battle with. Baseball, basketball, football. There's like different main sports mm-hmm. where other countries, they don't have it. They have just mm-hmm. soccer. So players and kids, they go, I want to be a soccer player. So here they go, oh, I want to be football, I want to baseball. So, but wait, when the, the time comes where they go, I don't want to play football. I don't want to play. I want to play soccer. Yeah. And you will have maybe a goalkeeper who's like six something because he's not maybe picking basketball anymore. He's right. picking on soccer. And now you have yeah. a six foot goalkeeper where people would be like, because if I look, I go through the, the systems and I look at now what I'm doing like here too, and I go and travel and look in other academies. It's crazy how much talent you have. Is that the what have you seen change? So I mean, you're early on earlier MLS, you know, and so what have you seen the changes in the MLS um, from from when you when you were playing to what it, what it looks like now? I think what what they did is pretty good um, to 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 switch coaches to. So if you, everything is like the same, it's like if you go with data, right, and you want to get better, so then you get data in. So it's the same like if you want to get better players and more quality. And at one point you have to figure out what's the best. You need good coaches, you know. And you cannot say, okay, I want a good coach for the first team. If you want to rebuild your young team, you have to have a philosophy, identity, and in, in a good style of play. But what comes with this? You need a good coach in the youth system. So yeah. It cannot just be a dad of somebody just yeah. like jumping around and doing yeah. this a little bit, you know, because then you will not get it. But yeah. if you do that right, you have the quality because there's there's tons of kids. So it, there's there's the rumor MLS, and I, I I'm I'm just going to see if you can verify it. That the the rumor is is Messi Ronaldo going to Inter Miami to play in two years. Do you know anything about this? Can you make this happen? <laughs> uh, I, I say that I, I don't. I would not make that happen for sure. But, <laughs> but I, but I, I want to see both of them play together. Oh my goodness! I don't know. It can be good, but it can be a messed up thing too. It could. I'd pay two hundred bucks to play because I want to see who wants for a ticket. Who, who takes that penalty off free kick? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, That's power struggle. Yeah, that is, yeah, you're right on that. That is a good power struggle. So what is okay? So I'll go back. So you're talking about the coaching and dad coaching. So you have what, I think five kids. Yeah. Okay, so those kids, how many of those kids play, or did they play? So I have my oldest, he's 20, he's a boy, but he's into data. He's really good with numbers, so he's creating right now his own software. He's, um, he's doing, like, all dating, and, like, he's, he wants to go into scouting. Okay. So he will be on, on, my, on my stuff when I go to coaching, so he will do the data. Because he's, since, since he's a baby, he's around soccer. 
So now yeah. he's complete the opposite. He don't want to play it because he had like a, a heart issue as a baby. Mm-hmm. So he's not allowed to play like uh, like high professional soccer. So, but um, he he loves the data. He watched all the games. He knows teams and players where he's like sometimes I'm sitting and he goes like he has a list written down like players from Brazil, Uruguay. He's like oh look this kid when they buy him he would be so perfect and so he loves that and then. I have a daughter. She's seventeen. She's of course she's a she's a girl. She wants yeah. to be a model and all that stuff. So we we let that go through for now, you know. And uh, <laughs> and then I have uh, twins, two boys. And they're absolutely soccer players. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, they're they're crushing it out there. They're loving it, you know. But they do everything right now. They live in Malibu, so they they go surfing, they skateboard. Like you know, it's tough to tell them like, oh, take the ball, you know, yeah. go out there and do stuff. Then my youngest, she's nine. She's playing. She's playing too. Yeah. So it's it's fun with with her. She's the most looking like me. Okay. And like when you see her play running, she's the same. Like, and what I love the most is like I see my kids in them extremely like, especially when they play. How, yeah. How they scream at other kids and everything, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we know where they get that yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was gonna ask. How do you just nourish that instead of being, you know, you pro, pro dad, dad, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, dad, and then you know coach dad because he's played at a high level yeah. you know so so how do you kind of just nourish them and let them be them and let them kind of figure out their own you know what so for me it was like this was the reason why i came back to the united states right when my kids were really young especially the the, the, the three young ones i don't wanted to let them go through this whole phase i had like with the older ones because sometimes we went out for dinner and people like just you know like especially if you play in turkey the fans coming and you have never really family time and stuff. So I, when I came back to the States in 2014, it was not like after I scored the, 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 the goal against Portugal that people recognized. So I cannot walk around in LA and really random people would be like, oh, but then there had to be really soccer people. So it was like really chill and good for the yeah. kids. So, but then growing up at one point, my kids, the younger ones, they never knew that I was really that big because they just see me here playing a little bit in, in, in MLS and they were not coming to the stadiums every time. And, so, in my older one, always tell them like, "You don't know that they're playing in Champions League." They're like sitting in front of Champions League, watching like Cristiano or somebody. And they're like, "Dad, this is where you have to play Chelsea." And I'm like, "I play in Chelsea." Oh, you don't play in Chelsea. I said, "I play against them." And they're like, "No, you know." And I'm like, "At one point, I told my the the three boys, the young ones, in my oldest one, I said like, you know what? Let's go. I I take you guys for like one and a half week. We go on like really weekend." Wednesday, weekend, Wednesday, like watching so many games and going to all the stadiums. And they're like, my son's like, oldest one, he's like, pumped for it. The young ones are like, oh, we don't want to go, you know? And then we go, and then they see the complete different face. Like, go yeah. walking in, 80,000 stadium, Dortmund, like, everybody knows me, Schalke, and, then, and they're like, later on, they come, one of the twins come back and say, you actually famous? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Well, some of them know me. You know? But then it's like the other question for you is like with the with the coaching, right? I was so in love with this game. So when when we had a house and I built a mini turf field, soccer field in front of the house, right? Nice. And so I wanted my kids to go every time with me, and like I'm like, they get the best goal. So I'm, I played the game. Let's let's yeah. do stuff, you know. And they're getting on my nerves. I'm like, I don't want to play with you. Yeah. I don't want. I'm like, okay. At one point, he my ex-wife she come and she goes um junior is one of the names they're one of the twins he decided to play baseball you know i'm like baseball <laughs> why 
and she's like, you know, I was like going to his room. I'm like, why do you want to play baseball? He's like, just let, let me play baseball. Just let me play baseball. I was like, okay. So he goes and play baseball. I'm standing there like for like three weeks at the row, like, and, you know, and then at, at one point, because he, of course, I have no idea from baseball. So he stands there and he's like skinny, like he cannot just hold the bat. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like behind the thing and I'm like, Elbow up, elbow up. And he comes around, he's like, you have no idea for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be quiet. You know? And I was like, okay, he's like, sitting down. And then it needed like a couple of days. And then he came back and he's like, yeah, I don't want to play baseball. And I said, like, why? And he's like, I just do it because I don't want you to be in the soccer field every time tell me what to do. Oh. I want to figure this out for myself. And I was like, okay. It's very was, humbling. And it was the first time we had learned to let them do their own experience yeah. and learn their own failures and everything, you know? And there was then after that, then we went back to soccer, you know, I'm sitting, I'm the super American dad, like chair, things, <laughs> watermelon bags, you know, like I got everything, you know? Yeah, an American dad, yeah. you know? And then, and then we driving back after the game and he wanted to, he wanted to play goalkeeper so bad, you know? And I'm already the whole time like, he's not a goalkeeper. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I'm not saying anything. You want to be a goalkeeper? Try it out. So he got crashed, I think, 6-1 six, six or something. He sits in the, in the car in the back, and I hear this, like, and I'm like, you want to talk? And he's like, no, no problem. You have twins. So the one, he scores the one goal, the other guy gets the six. <laughs> so he's, like, he's, he's hyped, you know? And I was like, and I'm like, you want to talk? He's like, I would never be that good like you. Huh. And then I was like, oh, my God. So I'm like starting in tears. So I stopped the car, I go back, and I said, like, you're already way better, you know, and I want you to just be yourself. And I'm here just to support you wherever you want to go. If you don't want to play soccer, don't do it. You know, if you want to do it, I'm here to help you, you know. And that was like a, a turning point now. Like I'm just watching the games, you know. He, they do whatever they want to do. They're, they're hyping to do stuff, you know. They're just being kids, and that's, I think it's so, so important, especially, you know, if you come from that business and you did it for so long, just let your kids do, you know. Otherwise, you just crush their their whole yeah. journey. You know. But there, there's that famous picture of, of Messi and Suarez. Have you seen that on the sideline? And they're in their dad chair watching their kids play, and, and you know, and they're just sitting there, not saying a word. I'm like, you know, and and that's I mean, that comes up in coaching education a lot. Like Messi and Suarez just sitting there watching the kids and just being quiet, and yeah. and that yeah. Sorry, John. No, is there is, are there times though that you know you'd be sitting on the couch or maybe watching something, and, and one of the boys, like your daughter, come over and say, "Hey, can we go kick the ball around?" Like those those moments happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's some moments where we like, let's say there's a curve, you know, a ball somewhere, and then they try to make you or something, you know. Like all day long in the house with kids, yeah. especially with boys, all yeah. day long. There's like the moments, of course, where they come down and they're like, "Oh, we want to do this, or we want to do that." Awesome. But there's a lot of times like too because um. When I said before, I, I always I had a beach volleyball soccer field and I had this uh, turf soccer field. So there was moments where they just never want to hear from me be like, hey, let's go train. Let's mm -hmm. go do that. They you have know? to come to they you. They have to come to me oh, and yeah. be like, yeah. oh, you want to dad, you want to do something? Or dad, can you do this training session with me or something? You know? And I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know? Now, awesome. what club, I got to ask, what club do you guys, so you guys live in Huntington Beach or the, the Malibu. Malibu. What club do they play for? You guys? They play right now for like uh, ISO, the okay. ISO uh, yeah. Malibu area there. Yeah, and, and to be honest, and that's the next thing, it's like we have these conversations because the twins, I'll be honest, they're really, really good. And I tell you, if you see them, I don't train anything with them. They're all from, from nature, you know, and it's crazy because they're twins, they have a completely different style. 
but it's just like now I look back and I'm, I feel like then age I can bring them already to LAFC, I can bring them to Galaxy, but they don't want it. They're like, oh, I just want to play with my friends, you know, yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. And then the half side of me is like, they're losing time because they can be mm-hmm. already better, they can do this, you know. But at the end, it's not my choice, you know, it's their choice and I have to accept it. Now, does the, do the club, do they know who you are? Okay, I don't know if they ask you to coach. I'd be so intimidated if I'm coaching your kid. I'd keep, like, like. Oh, he smiled. Yes, good, good session, good session. <laughs> I'd be. No, it's, like, it's, like, it's like easy because like it's a, it's it's a small town, so yeah. everybody knows everybody. And sometimes, to be honest, sometimes I just I come in and I kick with the kids. You know, when I'm already there, then I say like, if I see that he has like his group and he wants to do an exercise over there, and I'm like, I want me to help you, and he's like. Would be amazing. <laughs> then I'm uh, like, okay, let's go on the upset. I'd help take this half of the kids and you do them, and then we do something. You know, I'd have a hard time with you. Like you know, the a kid hurts their their toe, and like, listen here, son. My I had a ball pop out of my stomach, and I stayed for the rest of the game. Screw your toe. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Were you going to say something? <laughs> so what do you what do you see? I guess in, in overarching questions is is there a common trait or a theme that you see? for high-level players on men's side. And, and I'll preference this. Is, is You hear this on the women's game a lot. Women who played a, play a high level either had older brothers or played with boys. Is there a common trait that, that you see in the men's game high level that is kind of unites that everyone kind of went through this or whatever that is? I don't know. Mm, no, not really, to be honest. Yeah. Huh. I, don't, I don't really I don't see it. Is it maybe like what their purpose is? Maybe that drives them. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's I think a, it's maybe with men. Like maybe like you the oldest one. You come from a rough area. You want to get out of there. You know, you, that's just something that drives you, pushes you to be like, oh, I want to support my family. You yeah. Know? Like if you look, a lot of kids, maybe like have a background come from South America. You know, like like poor poor families and stuff like that. And that's that's what 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 push them. Where the, maybe the, the girls or women they have like oh. I want to be better than my brother, the older one, you know, and they can push by that. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's like, it's just, with men, I think in general, it's just for yourself. Maybe you have an older brother and then you have the same that you're like, oh, I'm better with my older brother. I want to be better than him. Yeah. But if you're the oldest, it's, 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 I think it's more like maybe your background or that you just love the game. Yeah. Is, is there a skill that you think, you know, um, the bare minimum skill, like every player has to have, no way, whether it's you gotta be a, I'm making this a juggle, you gotta be a head ball, you gotta be left, right foot. Um, it's like a bare minimum skill to be able to play at, at a higher level. I'm a really believer of you don't need any skill as a kid. The only thing you need is the passion for the kid. You have to love it to be a kid who's sitting. I can tell you there's a kid who wants it and who not. If it's raining, the kid is still outside to play. And you have to call him back. To stay inside instead yeah. of telling him go out because he's just on the gaming level. Then I tell you, he don't have to have the best skills because through his thing, career or his his aging, he will get bigger size. He maybe you know he gets better on his feet. He will learn who he's, what is his strengths and what is his weakness. Like Cristiano was not Cristiano who he is now. Yeah, you know it's just there's a there's like a, a small percentage of people when you see like Messi. That's one of a, a kind, you know, who has that talent. Yeah. But everything else, if you watch other players, they're processed through their career getting better or getting stronger. And it's just like, because at the end it comes down how much work you want to put in and how much you love the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I 
I was the guy where I was not the best talent. I had the, the, the Frankfurt uh, coach was here who was my uh, youth coach. And we had a conversation. He said the same. He said, you were not the best talent in the team, but you were the one who wanted it. Yeah. You did like way more work than all the other ones. And the guys with the talent, they were like resting on the talent. Because they were like, oh, I'm good enough and mm -hmm. I don't have to train. I'm like this. Then I got weight and had a first girlfriend. They want to hang out with the girlfriend. Where I was like, no, I don't want a girlfriend. I, I need this because I, that's my goal. I want to go there because I want to get out of, you know, help my mom and everything. And I believe and still now I say to people, you know, let kids develop on themselves because the rest at the end. Every good coach can teach the kids. You know? Yeah. So do you think, and you're back to the parenting question, because I mean, I have, I have two boys. My youngest is, 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 is good. And I balance that too, because I don't want to over push. And, and um, but do you, are there, like you see the passion, you see going to play in the rain. Do you, do you, does that weigh in your head? Like, how do I get my kids to have that passion without saying, Hey, you don't know, when I, yeah, when I was, when I was a kid, I'd be outside. And you know, like, do, do, do you weigh that in your mind quite a bit? Like, 100%. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you look at it, it, it for me it's the same like for me it's really tough because yeah. I came from zero and I wanted to give my kids a different life so now my kids look where they live they live in Malibu they run around every day with flip flops going surfing skateboarding now I'm coming around the corner and be like come on man yeah. there's a fire like go out yeah. like, you go in the rain if it's already raining they're like yeah, it's raining. <laughs> you know, it may rain in three hours. Can I get? A, can we just do this tomorrow? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. So, in this, but I says again, like you, you know, the, the the thing you can do wrong is to, to compare them always with yourself. You know? Yeah. At the end, if you can do ten kids and you can just roll a ball, maybe two they run to the ball and the other ones are like, I don't care. Yeah. But then that's who they are. They don't care about it. But then they have maybe other qualities. So. The parents have to figure out what's the kid love and what he wants and then support them on that what they want so yeah. if it's soccer and they want to they run to the ball they want to be outside every day then you know that that's where you have to support you have to give them like stuff to you know feed them with stuff like you know oh you want to go to this club you want to play here like oh let's watch soccer today you know and then they're interested if they're not interested you can put them in front of the game he looked and he goes i, I don't want to watch this soccer. yeah i would like to do something else but then you have kids they're sitting there and they're like they know every club. They know the teams already. You know, in a young age. So that's it's 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 in the kid. Yeah, yeah. So, what is? Do you do you do you play FIFA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you have? You have the Xbox, PlayStation, or? Um, I play now on PlayStation Five. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I don't I, like the game anymore because I cannot play myself. I can see that. I can see that. You know, that's what the first thing my son asked because uh, uh, you had the had the chance to uh, talk to Clint Dempsey. Uh, and my son asked, is he on FIFA? I said, well, he was. And so I told him, I said, guess who I get to meet? And I showed him your goal. Can I play him on FIFA? Well, no, not anymore. <laughs> retiring. retiring. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think FIFA is a great teacher of the game, though, because, um, I don't know, for me, you can stop. and It's a way I can interject coaching with my son without feel like he's getting coached, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's something like with that. And then when they get older, you have to go into football manager on the, on the, on the Mac and everything. My older son, he's doing like the football manager now, but he just, he, he, he learns to, to trade players, buy players, mm -hmm. build his own club and everything, you know? So it's great. For me, sometimes I go and I look and I'm like, I'm yeah. playing with FIFA. <laughs> right. Cause it can be intricate. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm oh. with FIFA. I don't want to be a manager. Yeah. Well, and you talked about, you want to get into coaching. You mentioned, yeah. have you, so, so talk about your, 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 I guess your next 
your next steps and your coaching journey and because you brought something fascinating about how you learned to coach and um but yeah kind of what's your what's your coaching journey now gonna mean what what do you what are you looking for there um you know for me was it like uh we touched it on already in the beginning in the beginning a little bit that um there was a there was a time especially after my career when i stopped and and i saw other people going in already to coaching i was like i played highest level you can play at the club level and everything so why is not that i'm getting a chance to go in coaching already you know and um, and I was like, why is it everything happening to me? You know, instead of like, looking different, I say, why is it happening for me? You know, and then I looked at different, and I now where I go into all the journeys of coaching and going to the license and all this stuff, I looked and I look back and I'm like, I was never ready to coach. Yeah. Never. I would definitely fail, or I had to bring somebody with me who know to coach. But then this means I'm just there because I was the the player back in the days. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I said. Thank God I was not doing it or not getting the jobs, you know. So and now, now really, I've worked, you know, every day when I sit, run around with my iPad and stuff, and like here, you know, I take notes. I'll go to different coaches. I look what they're doing. I try to understand their philosophy. You know, change it maybe with my philosophy, with my ideas, what I want to do. So and now I'm sitting and I'm being like, oh yeah, I can take over a club, but I can take it over and have a conversation with the GM or the owner, and they would take me because of what I'm showing them. What yeah. I've worked on, what I know about the game, not only from playing, I know it now from the coaching side too. What is a complete different monster than from playing, you know? But that is my bonus that I play, you know? So, and now I'm ready, and now I'm like, I'm, I'm starting talking with teams, you know? I'm starting talking with the Federation of your soccer, you know? And so I'm really excited what comes. Very cool. And and do you think, I mean, you've had lots of coaches, you know, and and I don't know, I, and I don't need names or if it happened, but. Do you do you respect a coach more who's had a prolific playing career, or do you think you could still get as much out of out of a player as a coach who just yeah, but is a good coach? You know, um, I, I don't I don't really care about the, the playing career. You know, I think that's a, that's always a plus. Mm-hmm. But I always say, and I refer always to people, and I say, for me, the best coaches were who really focused on me as Jamie Jones and not as the player. You know, that was the coaches I would go and do everything. For. You yeah, know? and that's something where I look at now as as me going forward as a coach, that um, you know, I have the knowledge from playing. Yes, in you know, and we can learn. We all can learn what is around soccer and the computer and what we're reading and all that stuff. Yeah, but I really want to be connected to my players. You know, and this is why I like Jurgen Klopp extremely because he's like a he reads players. He you know he understands like there's not only the first eleven loves him. Like he can leave a club and still everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. That means like. To get that, the teams really bound into your ideas, and mm-hmm. you know, that's something where I really focus on. And, and I'll tell you, through my career, I was not reading books, and I, I was like, the only thing I had left of was to watch movies when I was on trip. <laughs> you know, and now I'm just like reading books and trying to like understand you know, mindsets and all that stuff. You know, just to really, you know, and that's like surprises a lot of people because just people see always just the Jermaine Jones from the field, and they're like, is he really can do it? <laughs> I'm like. I just give you what you want, you know. I just give you the guy you wanted to see. It's not really if you sit down with me in the private, like I'm really quiet guy, humble, like you know, a family dad. Like I'm not going tackle my kids or tackle people on the street, you know. Yeah. But that's how you know the the picture of what it was, you know. And so now I worked a lot of stuff and have a lot of stuff done. When I sit down with people, people be like a lot of people are really surprised about the work I do. Yeah. No, that's, and I and I think as you get older you learn more. Like I feel now I know more, way more about the game than I ever did when I when, when I played. I mean, yeah, and just like the play, like it's a good lesson I think for 
people that played and then think that they're just going to be able to coach because they played. Yeah. Right. And then if you look at Jermaine Jones path saying like, I needed to sit back and learn and then to see how I was as a coach, because being a coach is different than being a player and, and it's still learning. And now I'm and he's reading more and like, you're right. Like, for me too, like I sucked as a coach. I'll, I'll say right now, like I was not a good coach. I learned. I, I I look back and I knew nothing. Yeah, when I yeah, began coaching, for sure. Like, yeah, to what I know now. But I had to. I had to make mistakes, and I had to learn, and I had to research too. And so I think it's it's a good lesson, you know, for those people that played that you can't just play and that makes you a coach. It is a different thing. You know what the beauty is on, on coaching is that we 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 all have to learn. Mm-hmm. You will never can sit back and just say like I'm done and I can stick with this what I know. No, because there's always somebody else who try to figure out what system right. you do, how you're doing it. Alone in a game, where you play a game. As a player, you tell me, okay, you play left side, okay, play left, try to score a goal. This is the guy you play against, that's it. As a coach, I have to figure out the whole movement. I have to mm-hmm. know the idea, what's he doing, when he switched the games, is he changing something, you know, maybe I have to sit back, maybe I want to attack. What's the, the situation on goals, I'm down one. But there's so much more you have to think about, you know. And if you've never been in that situation, how can you just jump in and say, like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I give an example. I, I went to the um, Real Soccer in the U19s. So I knew the friend over there, and he's like, before I started my, uh, after I had my US B license, and he's like, oh, you want to coach for us a little bit? Because one of the coaches left, and we have six games to go. And I was like, yeah, cannot be difficult. <laughs> cannot be difficult. So I'm going home, you know, I'm sitting on my desk and do the training session, like come up with my thing and everything, walk to training, you know. And now my training starts. Hmm. Five guys missing. How heck I changed now? <laughs> <laughs> because it's not like it's like in a professional league where you just get the call before, then you get yeah. another five. So you have your 25 the whole time. So I was like standing there, five are missing. So I'm like, okay, um, let's go play four against two for a little bit. So I can Carry the five. one we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you sit there and I'm just running around like, you know, assistant, you know, just running around, going to the next field, get the guy and like, hey, I'm missing guys. So what, what, what I'm doing? And then, hey, can you give me that bit back? I need this bit. And that's something like, especially if you go higher, it will eat you up. Yeah. Like if you go to a professional level and you give bits out and you calculate wrong and you go like back and go like, they would be like, oh, heck, he has. Oh, heck. <laughs> You're right, and that is that. Yeah, because you do. You think you can control everything, and you realize it. it, it the minute chaos happens, and, yeah. and it's it's over. You know, so <laughs> that's a learning process. That's really yeah, a learning process, is. and you can see a lot of coaches who jump in straight away after after career. They're fair because mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah. They're just the face, and it's most of the time the second coach who runs it, mm-hmm. and they're fair because it's still. When he mess it up and you lose games, the pressure comes back on you. Yeah. And then you never come back because then you have to now say, like, I jump in straight after my career. Then I go in, do it, lose maybe a year or two because I get a job somewhere but fail. Now I have to go back and have to do my license because I had never the chance to do it. Mm-hmm. And now I have to go to this learning stage. But now I'm losing two years again because now I'm getting older. Instead, staying away, working through the process, yeah. doing everything, starting with you, figuring out stuff. And then come in and then you'll be like, you know what? I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? And I have my stuff. I know people already who you bring in with you. You know, now you know exactly what you want. Who, how, how have you seen the, the technology side? Because obviously for our age, cause I think we're the same age, you know, I think we just, I just turned 40. And so the technology has, I feel, just 
sometimes surpassed me, and I, and I, I feel pretty technical in the, the, the technology game, but how, how have you seen the technology change as you're coming into coaching now, um, and how do you utilize that? Days when they told us like yeah data and take the you have to wear the bra and all that stuff like you're like because <laughs> they call you are you tired I'm like no I can't still run yeah stop it you know but it's like now it's, it's it, it, again it's like as a player I was never a fan about it mm-hmm. now as a coach depends like where you use it, it yeah can help yeah. you know so in um. But again, it, it goes back to learning, you know. It's just like you have to dig in. Like what I said before, I watched on my iPads and laptops. I watched movies, you know, mm-hmm. it never worked. Now I, I, I love going into data and like to, to you know, cut games down and watch Chelsea game and like record that and then, you know, track down and make dots and things. And like, because it's at the end, it's about the game what we love. And it's like, yeah. it really makes fun, you know. It's not like yeah. playing Fortnite. I'm like on that, you know, and that's doing my stuff over there. And it helps me going forward because... I can oh, sit and somebody comes and says, oh, you want to have maybe an open job as my data analyst yeah. guy. Then I yeah. can be like, yeah, I can do it too. Yeah. And, and so, and that's like something, I think it's, the data is good. And I think it's like, it's it's more important, I believe, in for like preseason or like for stuff, say like you have double games like where you have to get recovery in so you can see like yeah. how people recover. I think it's it's really important for that. Do you play Fortnite? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. My my oldest son does, and you mentioned Fortnite. And, yeah, and my son. This okay. Son yeah. 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 He, have you tried to play Fortnite? Yeah, but it's like too too much. Yes. It. Yes. I, I get sucks anxiety, and, and he's. Yeah. It is. I'm serious. Like it is. It is the crazy. And then I don't know. My my son's loud, and he's yelling stuff, and everyone saw like he's ten. Everyone should hear something like, "What did you just say to him?" <laughs> I'm like, and I just have to. I try to block it out because it it is intense. My like, son has the room too. That like, my. Mine has oh a, yeah, mine has the mic. Like, yes, like, yes, like, absolutely. Like, then he sits with the helmet like, yes. next to him. I'm trying to, do it. and he goes, "Okay, gotcha, okay, gotcha." And then he jumps up, got it. Yeah. I'm like, what is <laughs> Did we win? Did we win? No, he has. Yeah, he because he has a he has a loft bed. He has his, he has a big gaming computer, and and of course he has a microphone. He has a headset, and and and, and it's like, and it, it's. I told him this weekend. I said, "I may need to borrow your, your microphone," and he stops. Oh, I'll just find my own. I walk out of the room like. My ten-year-old just gave me. I backed down to him because right. of Fortnite. But what happened was funny though, because you know the Fortnite World Cup kid just won like twelve million dollars, yeah. and that's where my son told me because I'm training for that. <laughs> but then I, but it's like you know, if you think it, it's he really he loves it. Probably like your your oldest son, like you're like they love it. And he's good at it. And if my if he's like, hey, I'm gonna go practice soccer every day because I want to win twelve million dollars. I'm like, yeah, way to go, son. But now he's doing this. I'm thinking, he's sitting inside all day. But it's actually developing. Like, there's a pathway for this now. There is, and there it's is. like you mentioned, you want to hire there your is. son on your coaching staff because of all the analytics stuff like that. He's like, and now it's like, okay, okay, Jackson, you still need to go outside sometime. Like, will you? <laughs> can you at least tell me if the sun's up or down, and maybe we'll compromise here? But <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's, it's 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 a tough. You know, this generation is. It's, I think we old school. You know, like yeah. you're looking back and you tell your kids, oh, go outside to play. You know, but actually they can make, I, I, I'm in, in LA, I see a lot of gaming kids, you know, yeah. they're making bucks, I tell you, they're yeah. in nice yeah. houses and everything. Same as like this, like, oh yeah, you do an NFT? In the beginning, I was like, <laughs> NFT? Yeah. What the heck is NFT? <laughs> you know? And then you look in. And I, like, I had that in college once, I think. I know. They're just buying pictures, they're selling this picture, yeah. and like, I'm like, what? so who's owned the picture? No, you can own it, I don't own it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm just I'm sticking with the <laughs> I still can I, you remember you did the disposal <laughs> camera and that's that's what I'm used to drop it off at Walgreens and pick it up the next day. I remember when you got like a you used to be like a four day and then you get like a twenty four hour turnaround time on cameras. I was like that was a big deal. Yeah, big yeah absolutely. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that's fascinating. And, and you guys, you have any questions? I I've just been just. Well, I I mean I I do have to ask. I'm surprised Josh hasn't asked like the fanboy question like. I was getting there. Yeah, like, what is it like having that iconic moment? You know, because, like, it's one of those things where, like, as a kid, and I was like, oh, I know. I remember exactly where I was when Christian Leitner hit the shot against Kentucky. I know exactly where I was when Jermaine Jones hit the shot against Portugal. Yeah. Like, it, do people just come up and say, like, I know where I was when that happened? Like, you you embody an iconic moment. Like, is that a what, – what's that living like that with you? Yeah. You, you know, for me, it was like – you know it's crazy, like because for me it was I missed 2006 World Cup with Germany. I missed 2010, then I missed 2008 Europe Cups. I got cut out last minute. And then when the 2014 came, I what I said before, I had the hernia, and I had to play through this. But I knew that's a tournament I wanted this so bad because I dreamed as a boy already playing World Cup, you know. And then my when when we went to Brazil and you land with the with the plane and you just see it, it's like. The atmosphere and everything is just it's the biggest stage and it's like the biggest party in the world, right? And you're just a part of it. And then I remember we started against Ghana. We, you know, we played good and everything. And then we played Portugal. And then my kids were there. And, we were there. and I remember the day, like, because we were at halftime in that, or before the whole situation, the Max Busy came out with us and said, we always try to find the last ball. Try to shoot. Try to shoot. I'm like, okay. And then corner comes. <laughs> You know, and I, I see, I take my first touch, Nani goes, makes it wrong, like try to flick it, don't get it, make my first touch around. The moment it leaves the, 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 the feet, you know, I, I can feel it really okay. I think it's a good one. And I, say, I think, yeah, I'd say it's a good one. The goalie just stuck, you know, and goes in. Then, of course, celebration, all that stuff. But, you know, for me, it kicked really in when I just got back to the hotel. And then... And then they showed me all the videos and all the stuff. And you see, like, the celebration like, and, and how it all comes. Corner kick. Touch Jones. Yeah. Here is Jermaine Jones. Struck it well. Oh, magnificent goal. Jermaine Jones. And that was a like, goal. like, okay, I think there's something in the history yeah. now. You know? Yeah. And then I felt like. I'll be honest, like when I said before, 2014 when I came back, it, or the, before that, 2010, we had a house. It was always quiet. You can walk around. You can do stuff. But then, after that, every time with your dress, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I was when that Yeah. Then I go to the SPs. Then the people, I remember they introduced me to um, to Odell Beckham at the time. And they're like, oh, man, he made this crazy touch. And he scored that for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I did some other stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just that one goal, you know. But <laughs> it's eighteen It's funny how moments like that get encapsulated and, yeah. and are so memorable, you know. And, and it's it's often things like, well, that wasn't to win the whole thing, and it, that right. wasn't to, you know, I said Leitner, right? That wasn't even that was like to get to the final four mm-hmm. for basketball. It, but it's so encapsulated in people's minds. Some things just are so iconic. You but know? you know what I like on the, the most that not only me, that other people have nice memories of. You know, it's a very positive yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. They can cool. look back and they'll be like, I know exactly where I was. Yeah. Day, you know? And it's a good feeling. It gives yeah. them a good feeling. You know? Yeah. It's really like neat. Every time I go, 
especially because a lot of people have soccer fans, you know. Yeah. Now it's a little bit more I'm happy because they have the masks, <laughs> you know, but the, the moment they recognize it, like, man, that banger against the banger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you were, where I was, you know. I was, I know too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then that last, 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 I mean, that was, uh, yeah, that, that, that's incredible. But yeah, no, I just, I just want to pre- appreciate your time and thank you for uh, for doing this, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been special for me too. So, because I remember exactly where I was as mm-hmm. well too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah th- this means a lot, and I think for our audience too. We have a lot of parents, and we're in that process of yeah. getting kids to the next level in college or pro, whatever it might be. And our our podcast here facilitates that so i think you gave a lot of really good advice and good stories and i think that that our audience hopefully can gather a lot from that and, and learn something from it so we really do appreciate the time yeah no of course no thank you for having me on yeah no thank you yeah thank you so much and then uh so are you doing anything tomorrow are you presenting tomorrow i know you had a q a today no i, I fly out tomorrow okay yeah I fly, i'm going out to the scottish uh the scottish fa something they have like in a pub somewhere yeah, they had something Wednesday when I first came in too. That it was kind of because yeah. there's all the guys that do the UEFA license and also yeah. So I've been sitting with them because I have a couple of ideas and projects I want to run through with them. So I have to do a couple of stuff and then fly out tomorrow. Which is your first time in the Kansas City Airport? Uh, no, I've been it's there. awful. I mean, the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, to be honest, I think it should just go. Yeah, no, that's true. It's where, like, in, in LA, you have to go like here, take a train. Do true. All yeah. It's like it's too big. You know? it, yeah. You just come in and out. All right, well, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we've, we've taken you long enough. And um, so I, I, I appreciate everything and, and um, best of luck in, in your coaching career. If you ever need a, a short uh, goalkeeper coach, you just, you know, just let me know. And, and <laughs> so, no, I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.